0: everybody, and welcome to Volume 4, Issue 161 of the Kane and Rince podcast. You can, of course, play along with us here at Kane and Rince, Volume 4 of our podcasts, uh, into the 160s now, and in the next few we are going to be covering Assassin's Creed 3, then it's Silent Hill 4, The Room, uh, Sound Shapes after that, Following that, uh, it's WarioWare Inc. Mega Microgames and WarioWare Inc. Mega Party Games. Not the whole WarioWare series, as, as you may have been led to believe. Um, it's just those two, the first game and the GameCube iteration of the first game. One day we may do the rest, we'll see. And after that, it's Chrono Trigger, a much-requested JRPG classic. Head to KaneandRince.com for the full schedule, as well as our lovely blog, and links to our merchandise store, where you can buy KaneandRince's branded t-shirts. We also have a popular Facebook page, a less popular Google Plus page thing and uh, a popular YouTube channel. Please subscribe and like and all that to all those, as well as uh, our podcast, of course, as well as re- rating and reviewing us with those. And we also have another podcast, uh, Sound of Play, which is dedicated to our love of video games music. There are seven Sounds of Play now, or Sound of Plays, I'm still not sure, um, with 63 tracks of lovely video game music. So uh, search for that on iTunes joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue of the podcast. It's Tony Atkins. Hello. And it's Carl Moon. Hello. Unfortunately, uh, we are missing not one but two potential guests from this podcast, so apologies, but uh, Josh Garrity has no internet and Andy Hamilton probably has a stinking hangover. Uh, So we're going to muddle through. Um, I think we 're probably not it 's probably fair to say we 're not experts on this game. This is more of the uh, of the the original idea of the um, of the Caner podcast was to be more like a book club where we go away we play a game and we come back and we say what we thought of it i think it 's going to be one of those. Um, however, we are going to look into uh, into the development a little bit and things like that uh, the history of the game and we 're also going to talk a little about enemy territory although i don 't know if we have any um, enemy territory experts but uh, I've done a little research and um, yeah it's interesting actually we'll come on to that later Uh, also and I really don't think we need this but it's um, we should do it anyway it's a spoiler warning (laughs) <laughs> Nazis. if you can't work out what happens in a in a in a castle wolfenstein game by now um you either haven't been following our previous podcasts uh, we've already uh, covered uh, the the original castle wolfenstein uh, games in from the early 80s and uh, also wolfenstein 3d and its sequel spear of destiny and our previous wolfenstein podcast this is our second of this series um now, let's go for uh, histories with the game. Carl, when did you first play this? Was it back in 2001 on the PC, or was it slightly more recently on the consoles, or what?
1: No, it was a day one order on the PC. Uh, yep. I was a huge fan of Quick 3, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Tech 3 engine in general. So I tended to try out all the games um, at that time. And I remember I was getting quite strongly into Counter-Strike for the multiplayer and I always like a single player game to go with sort of a, a multiplayer alternative. And I went for a Return to Castle Wolfenstein. It was the obvious choice. It was getting quite a lot of press. And let's not forget, it was Wolfenstein, which is still kind of a big deal. Um, so yeah, I, I picked it up right at the very start um, from the almighty gameplay. I, I missed that site. And I got it very early from them, as was sort of the norm at the time. Mm. And I was sort of excited to play it because i had a few friends that were into their pc gaming at the time i was at college and a few of us were excited for it and i was obviously the first one to get to play it which was always always nice um so yeah day one for me pc
0: and um, do you remember what you did? You rattled through the campaign and did you play any of the multiplayer? The first the first sort of, because there's kind of two multiplayers we're going to be talking about, but they have yeah. a relationship. So there was the original Wolfens- Return to Castle Wolfenstein multiplayer, but then that kind of branched out into this um, free expansion, didn't it? This uh, enemy territory, which people are still playing today. Um, yeah. Did you get involved in any of that at LANs or online?
1: I never got involved in LAN, and it's a shame because we actually had a, a local LAN center around the corner from our college. But whenever we went, we always played Quake Three, which you know came out two years earlier and yes. was mm. sort of—it was still super popular at the time. But that's part of the run-up. Was why this people were so excited for this. It was sort of the next en- iteration of that engine. It was heavily modified, um, and I did play the multiplayer. I did not play it a whole lot. Again, I was sort of. If I wasn't playing Counter-Strike, I was playing Quake 3. I was doing a lot of laning at the time as well, and mm. unfortunately, this wasn't that popular at LANs. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, so for me, it was primarily the single player. I, sort of, I, I always remember I rattled through about the first half of the game, to just after the crypts, um, yeah. and... That must have been the case for about the first three times I played this game, because yeah. I absolutely adored it to that point. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more later. but it took me quite a while to finish it. It certainly wasn't something that I played and played through immediately.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, Tony, are you, I know you've played this recently. Is this your first time?
2: Um, I picked it up on the Xbox, the release, you know, oh, after, yes. yeah, Tides of War. It was yeah. a year later after the initial release. Yeah. Um, as I talked about on the Wolfenstein 3D show, uh, I hadn't played a Wolfenstein game previously to this one. So that was my yeah. first time with that. So um, I knew, obviously, the brand um, and was aware of that. But it was when I was quite heavily into you know Xbox and Xbox Live, playing with yeah. um, social kind of gaming with people. Um, so like Carl, I remember playing up to the crypt area. I don't remember beyond that. So I've replayed it for, for this show uh, over the last yeah. month or so. On the PC. Uh, it seems to be the easiest place to pick it up. The easiest and it's way cheap. and it's super cheap and it runs uh, Yeah. R- well <laughs> with limitations of you know modern hardware running on old games, it, it runs fine as long as it's in a, a more windowed mode for me anyway it was. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well no we can talk, we can talk about talk that here, that's me. fine. Yeah, it's 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 an okay if you run it on PC, but it didn't support native sixteen to nine, so yeah, most people's screens are that and you have to do a bit of work yes. to get it. But I didn't, so I just played, played no, it No, I in, didn't bother either. I just played it in, uh, yeah. yeah, like a 10, I don't know, the square. Yeah, the old,
0: it's sort of four, 4 to 3 aspect ratio, yeah.
2: I remember playing at least half the game. Uh, beyond that, all this stuff felt very fresh and new to me. Um, While I did play, I remember really being into the multiplayer on the Xbox.
0: Um, yeah, so this was um, a few, well, yeah, over a year before Halo 2 came out mm-hmm. uh, uh, on Xbox Live, which was obviously the one that... Took over everything, kind of.
2: Yeah, there, there was a there was a time period before Halo Two came out where you know Xbox Live was was growing, but there was only like a dozen or so games which you could play online, and it yeah. was actually a wonderful place because anybody that was in into Xbox Live basically had all twelve of those games, so you could yeah. like they were hugely populated. So I got really really into Moto GP. Um, I think it was oh yeah. god, oh four, what is it, oh five, whichever one it was. been oh three. Oh, be Two or three. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um super into that because that was like one of the only games you could play online with your friends um but I barely never played one since then but it was really good at the time so this was one of those ones which came out loads of people jumped onto because it was one of the few titles you could play with people um and I spent a fair proportion of this game just yeah This we'll talk more about multiplayer later but yeah playing a huge chunk of multiplayer and actually I don't think I ever got round to finishing the single player this is where things like achievements etc help because you can like nowadays, I could just go, oh, that happened in 06. I go back and have a look. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't remember the second half of the game. But we, uh, we'll we talk more about that. Yeah, so just you played it now. Yeah, I played it now. Yeah, played it all the way through on the PC. All the way through on PC, uh, yes. And completed it uh, Thank goodness earlier, for quick save. Yeah, early yeah. on in the week. Yeah, <laughs> like like previous games from that, that era we've talked about. Yes. But we'll, we'll cover Medal that. Of we exactly yeah. Medal of Honor. said exactly
0: the same thing. Medal of Honor. Very, reminded me a lot of, of, of that experience. Um. Yeah. How about yourself? Well, yeah, I have a vague recollection. I haven't been back through my, uh, my nerdy records, but um, I have a vague recollection. I did own this on, I think I did have the PC version. As Carl says, it was, you know, these were the sort of games that if you had a games worthy PC at, at the point, you would buy them mm. as much as anything just to crank everything up and see how well you could run it and how amazing. People still do that now. Certain so, you know, just buy a
2: game to see how good it looks,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, um, but you know, looking at this now and running it absolutely at extreme settings or whatever you can crank it up to on without this, you know, I played it like you, Tony. I played it without mods, without um, even so much as going into the dashboard to tweak uh resolutions or anything like that. Now, I'm sure all that stuff is out there and possible, but that's. Something with Kane and Rince, we either decide that we want to do and play it that way or we don't. You know, It's entirely it's entirely up to us and we report back. This is why we kind of do our history with the game is to partly cover this sort of stuff and say, well, this is how I played it. So my experience was the equivalent. Obviously, I, pay, I paid two ninety nine for it instead of 34 99 for it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I did have it on PC, as I say. I think it had enemy territory in the pack as well. So I think it was like a, a re-released Platinum Edition or something like that. Um, so this time I paid three quid for it, played it all the way through with everything turned up to absolute maximum as it can be without any mods, without any, you know, jiggery pokery. So, um, and obviously, you know, it looks, I would say it looks its age, but it, you know, it it's, could clean. Look, it, it's clean. It's clean. Yeah, yeah, it could look worse. Um, I, I, I mean, certainly it, imagine the Xbox yeah.
2: version now, you know, much lower resolution, probably.
0: PS2 version, yeah, I would imagine. Doesn't fare awful. as
2: good as running it on a uh, modern yeah. PC now. I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly
1: wouldn't perform as well because I mean, it, the id Tech three engine was meant to scale correctly with PCs. I mean, it was fundamentally yeah, yeah. designed by John Carmack, and that's what the guy does. You know, yeah, I, absolutely. This, this game even was nominated for the programming award of two thousand and three for best programming in gaming. Mm. So it was fairly, it's fairly robust as far as an engine goes. Oh, but it was sad. certainly never made for consoles, which which was a bit of a shame. Um, I only ever saw the Xbox and the PS two version running. They were sort of incomparable at the time and. You know, going back, even now that we can scale our resolution and still mm. run it at a, frankly, ludicrous frame rate, uh, those versions are only going to be even worse
2: I, I love well, um, I love gaming mm. options on PC where it's like insane like you, yeah. you, you draw distance insane and it's like yeah it runs fine what
0: yeah it's stuff like you know We uh, I'm sure we've all to come off the back of have you played the New Order yet Tony I haven't no no, no I'm working oh, okay. them well,
2: one by one I'm going to save New Order for the last one
0: yeah cool well Carl and I have obviously played New Order quite a lot and um, even though that necess- isn't absolutely like the most stunning video game you've ever seen you know it's um, it, you know it looks decent and um, it's just weird how you know how much older this looks you know it is obviously like 14 years older or 13 years older I should say but it's stuff like yes on the PC settings for this game it's like do you want um, ejected brass from your guns showing because yeah. obviously the thought was that you know if you had that by default it would it could massively hamper the frame rate on a on a regular PC from back back then but now you know I'm running a a, a relatively recent GeForce and uh, eight gigs of RAM or whatever, and it's just like you know, it's just it can run it in the background. In a, it could probably run it, it in the RAM, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean
1: yeah. that's it. In 2001, we were talking people would have PCs with, I mean, they were lucky if they had a gig of RAM because yeah. I know I didn't upgrade oh, to two yeah. gig of RAM until Battlefield 2, no, yeah. and that was 2004, so I was probably running between five, twelve, and a gig at the time because I did upgrade my PC around this time, which is another reason I was so excited for it. Um, I'd gone into college, I'd decided to, yeah, I did programming my first year. So this was, I'd just started my second year in art and I'd decided that I was going to go into graphical design. So it was like a really big upgrade on my PC. Um, so it was nice to be able, at the time I would have been able to turn everything on, but the top requirements are quite frankly
2: laughable now. Oh, well, let's face yeah, it, like 16... nowadays, nowadays you just stick it on an iPad or whatever and it'd run perfectly yeah. fine. It's, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. 16 uh, 16 megavideo RAM, um, Pentium 2, 400 megahertz processor, yeah, uh, yeah, Windows 2000 or XP, 128 megs of RAM, uh, yeah, so on and so forth. So, um, absolutely. The Xbox version was quite well-received. As you'd expect, obviously, the Xbox architecture was much closer to a, you know, it's kind of similar to the 360 situation in that it was like a PC that had been built in about 2000, but, but, you know, but came out as a console in, in 2001 and was always slightly behind PCs but it actually could run a perfectly decent version and I think that shows in the the review scores um, for the Xbox version were pretty positive uh, whereas the PC version sort of averaged around 87 percent the xbox version obviously lower expectations taken into account averaged about 85 percent suggesting that it was still a you know even if you if you ran them side by side as carl said obviously the xbox version was going to look way rougher probably you know slower frame rate and so on but as a standalone product if you knew no better um rather like the ports of um you know some of the other shooters of the of the period doom Doom
1: three would probably be a good example yeah great last one that stepped up
0: yeah. Whereas uh, the PS2 version, which for some reason was subtitled Operation Resurrection, uh, the reviews were a lot lower. It was um, handled by, um, Nerve handled the Return to Cast Wolfenstein port for Xbox, but Raster Productions, um, who I think did a pretty amazing job. Was it them who did Quake 2 on the PS1? Um, or, well, I think, I'm pretty sure they did Quake 3 on the um, Dream Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Oh no, it was that Vicarious Visions. Anyway. Yeah, um, it's, it's yes. one of those
1: periods of time where there was loads of little studios that would yeah. sort of pick up, but they were doing the, the sort of translation jobs.
0: Yeah, but yes, the piece, the PS2 version reviewed generally under 70%, so it was obviously, a, you know, not, not a, a super slick port, as you, as you might have expected. Um, so yes, this game came out first in November 2001 on PC. Um, Linux and Mac followed a few months later, um, and actually the Xbox version... Um, And the PS2 version, the console versions, didn't arrive for uh, a year and a half in uh, May 2003. Um, And it finally arrived on Steam in August 2007. How can Steam have been going that long? Well, Steam's 11 years old, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, so the uh, developer, the original developer, is Grey Matter. Now, they were formerly known as uh, Zatrix Entertainment with an X. Um, possibly Zatrix. Um They were best known for their Redneck Rampage games, um, which was marvelous. a
1: great game. By the right,
0: way. there were there were there were there were several of those. Um, they worked on the Quake 2 expansion, The Reckoning, and um, perhaps their best known, actually probably their best known game was um, Kingpin, wasn't it? Life of Crime, yeah. which was the famously ultra-violent um, 1999 PC shooter. Uh, I never played it, um, but I remember it there being. It
1: wasn't too bad.
0: It was pretty good. It was fun blowing bits off people. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fortune style. Yeah. The days of the hyper violent games. Yes, that that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And as as grey matter, they went on to make uh, Call of Duty United Offensive expansion and uh, Call of Duty Two Big Red one with Treyarch, uh, as you'd expect to happen. Um, Yeah. You would you would expect a team like that to have worked on stuff like that. Uh, main man on the game is Drew Markham. Um, yes, also you know he was uh, I guess one of the founders of Zatrix and worked on all those games we just mentioned. Um, went on to work on Fight Club. Remember that for the PS2 and Xbox. Mm-hmm.
1: The game, okay.
0: the game of the movie. <laughs> I didn't play it, so I can't possibly comment. Uh, it's not on the big list for Kane and Rintz uh, podcasts in the future, but who knows? Um, and apparently, he also has a credit on Brutal Legend, but I don't know. I don't know what he did on that. Um, so it's it's a sort of um, it's a sort of re- reboot, remake, reimagining of Wolfenstein 3D. I think it would be. It wouldn't be right to say it was uh, a, a reimagining or remake of the original Castle Wolfenstein and uh, the, the 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 first Wolfenstein games that we talked about the 1981 eight uh, bit games because they were top down two D stealth um, stealthy <laughs> yeah and obviously Wolfenstein 3D which we uh, I think it's fair to say you Andy and I all had a surprising amount of fun it going was back really to really
2: good yeah really
0: good. Um, in, yeah, obviously that's another 10, you know, well, be, yeah, best part of 10 years older than the one we're talking about now. But Return to Castle Wolfenstein is effectively, although the plot is slightly different, I would say it's kind of a sort of high-tech for-the-time remake yeah. of Wolfenstein 3D.
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's just certainly elements there. Um, Straight-up design, uh, replication in certain areas, uh, sort of an odd. To the um to the original 3D game, I guess. Yeah. But obviously, with with elements of verticality into it, which were pretty new.
0: Yeah, key part, obviously. Yes, it's true 3D instead. Well, it's never true uh, it's, 3D, but it's, it's, it's polygonal you know. 3D instead of 2.5D. It, it's one, and, it's one yeah. of
2: those things. It's passage of time. If you were just if you were playing Wolfenstein 3D, and then you didn't see the passage of time, and you know next to that you stuck. Return to Wolfenstein yeah. next to it, you'd you'd fall off your chair and go, Oh my god, what happened in like, you know, yeah. six months of Because turn- yeah, it's it's hugely different in feeling. Um,
0: yeah. yeah 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 absolutely um instead of square corridors you've got you know i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of uh 90 degree angles and stuff in it but there are open areas there are more organic feeling areas there are like hills to climb and uh slopes to go down and yeah um instead of every secret passage being uh a random piece of wall that you might happen to brush up against uh, there are visible switches in the area and little nice little visual clues such as a crooked uh, crooked lever or you know light stand or something that you can you can open up into the areas but a lot of the stuff like going into you know the behind the scenes areas to find the Nazi treasures the Nazi trinkets um, is is there and in fact i'd say yeah it's i mean it's it's there again when we when we come to do the new order i mean the new order feels i'd say having come off the back of that new order feels like a kind of remake or direct sequel to this game even i mean we we're, we're going to talk about wolfenstein 2009 in between which is uh you know i had fun time with that game in its own right but new order feels more like a throwback to this one more than the 2009 game would would you fellows agree with that Oh, you haven't played it tony I haven't but i've played Carl, either, do agree yeah. With it yeah Oh, okay.
1: I would Can't. absolutely agree. Um, the the New Order definitely riffs more on, on uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein than it ever did off the 2009 one. Um, yes. Especially in terms of, you know, the one thing Return to Castle Wolfenstein has is it has super slick movement. It's always quick, always... You've know, always got momentum behind you in the same way that anyone who played Quake 3 would, would know. Um, you're, you're constantly moving, and that's something that I never felt in Wolfenstein 2009, but New Order... Uh, it very much leans back to this,
0: mm-hmm. um, and it also. We were talking in the previous podcast about the um, the way the series has kind of uh, taken up pretty much from Spear of Destiny onwards. It wasn't in the first, the original eight bit games. It wasn't particularly there in Wolfenstein 3D. But from Spear of Destiny onwards, uh, the they the developers, whoever it was for each game, started to get uh, taken with the idea the the the, the I mean I'm no historian but I understand there are germ there are at least germs of truth in um, Hitler's helps. obsession with the occult and things like that now obviously the, these games take it to extreme where they're actually building um, legless uh, electric monsters and and trying to resurrect dead knights from uh, in this case this is the scenario of the game uh, the Nazis are uh, ultimately trying as well as building these uh, super soldiers which they, they feel the need to translate every time they say uber soldat as if you couldn't <laughs> work out what uber soldat <laughs> meant <laughs> That's super soldier morons. Um, they're also trying to resurrect this ancient knight, which is as depicted in the uh, the rather rough uh, by today's standards opening FMV. Um, and I think that's the only FMV in the game, isn't it? Because after that, all the cutscenes are or in engine. Um, yeah. in engine. Yeah, um, and basically you are BJ Blaskowitz and you are, you know... Super as usual, soldier. <laughs> he, well, yeah, he's described as, like, you know, an undercover agent or whatever, but, you know, for the most part. I mean, yes, again, as we as we talked about with um, Medal of Honor, which is actually a couple of years newer than this that we podcast about a while ago, it does have the facility for certain areas to use silencers and um, stealth. Uh, and in some cases, it's actually beneficial and in some levels it's actually essential um but a lot of the game is spent holding down the left mouse uh button and wearing up your 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 super machine gun belt or as later you get um you un well you discover i suppose um uh, Tesla weapons and um, rocket launcher. Well, it, it makes me like how, how the story though.
2: of this game is that the Germans are trying to come up with a super soldier, and BJ Blaskowitz basically yeah. is that very thing. He, he goes through the entire game, kills every single German he comes across. Well, that's it, yes, uh, that's well, the old, I mean, uh, That is
1: sort of. <laughs> it's something that that is sort of alluded to in other games uh, in the series. um But B, BJ Blaskowitz. Is sort of that all-American proper jar oh, very much, soldier, yeah, big jaw, uh, you know. It's almost comically over-American cliche uh, in the, in this yes. game. But, but the, there is by being BJ Blazkowicz, and the cutscenes sort of referring to you from the, sort of the the uh, British intelligence and so forth. That you are BJ Blazkowicz. There's nothing else to it. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's really you know, weird because it, it,
2: the, the cutscenes are actually played out pretty straight-faced. Yeah. Um, and then you got the, it's almost like serious Sam S kind of picture of BJ Blaskowitz. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, well, it doesn't quite well, I mean,
0: the, the great, blend. Yeah. Uh, the great irony of, of BJ Blaskowitz is, of course, he has a Jewish name. And, you know, he's, uh, I guess the idea is he's an American uh, of, of Jewish descent. Um, but he basically looks like an Aryan. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's kind of, he's, like, he's on, one, the on one hand, he's a dream
1: soldier, isn't he? He's the dream Yeah. On soldier. one hand,
0: it's, exactly. On one hand, it's sort of saying, yeah, well, you know, Hitler had the wrong idea, but but actually our best soldier is like is kind of like Hitler's dream soldier. But um, yeah, there's, we probably shouldn't read too much into it because I don't think when they came up with Wolfenstein 3D in 1991, they were thinking too deeply about that sort of thing. Um, but onto those, yeah, those cutscenes in that cast. Yes, um, actually they assembled um, a voice cast of of um, pretty not well known necessarily, you know, film star actors, but actually a cast of name animation actors. And, you know, in the case of Matt Kaminsky who plays um Blaskovitz, or well, certainly in the console versions, um, he, you know, is a he appears on American TV in everything. You know, he's one of those actors who turns up in everything. But you've got people like uh Cam Clark, Charles Napier, I mean Charles Napier is a recognizable face. Um and the English actor Tony J as the director. But for me, the cutscenes um uh, again, looking at them today, after some of the, especially after some of the stuff in the new order, which I wasn't necessarily as in love with uh, as some people, but it, uh, watching these now, it throws it into some light. The performances, again, I think it's just going back to that time when this is how video games sounded, so this is how they acted, and I think the combination of a very cheesy script uh, hi, and some hammy performances. Hi, here's the thing.
2: So, so you know, the nearest game I can compare this to at the moment is because the one I've played the closest around that time period is Allied Assault. Well. Yeah, medal, of honor. Honor, medal yeah. of honor um and you know one of my criticisms of medal of honor is that, you know, it's all presented in text all of it you don't really want to read and it, it kind of just pass yeah. you by so you actually you don't really gain much of a story whatsoever i i like the fact that they try to present something and i think you know it's okay it's a war room scenario you know we've seen them time and time again the, the british guy is very very british or the two british guys are very, very yeah, there's british. a lot of cliches in very the america you know, kind of um, winston yeah. churchill s kind of director guy sitting there um but I, I thought that you know they, they were okayly scripted for what this game was. I thought they they at least broke up the the action in between, even if they just presented. Look, you know, here's are the new facts. This is what we have. I didn't mind. I, I enjoyed them being there. Um, I definitely think with Medal of Honor, them them being absent made the game you know, a lot worse for it. And something like this actually just broke up the pace. So yeah, you know, I thought they were a pleasant surprise. They're better than I, what I remembered them being. But yeah, by today's standard, of course, yeah, this many years on, they they feel I mean... quite staged. Animation-wise, mm. in
1: particular, they look really rough. Now, yes, uh, yeah. not, obviously they didn't so uh, look so bad in 2011. In no, no. They're in in they're terms possible. of the actual voice work, obviously the script itself isn't up to much. It's very predictable, um, cliche-ridden, but mm. not really delivered as badly as some other no. games <laughs> at that time, on, yeah, and even probably. ones after it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I was quite critical of some of the voice work that was in Allied Assault and. That was later than this, and I thought this was probably better in more ways than just the voice acting. But yeah, especially in terms of the voice acting, I didn't actually have that much of a problem. I still don't have much of a problem with it now.
2: I think it's a better presented game with that. I think having a a central story, at least you can follow. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, it made it certainly a more interesting experience than just having a text-based screen and and go kill people over and over again.
0: You still have your screens of text as the level loads in. I've Obviously, back then... Um, that would have helped mask some of the loading time, but now loading from a solid state drive, it's just like don't really twang. have time to read it, No, <laughs> or, exactly. you, or
1: no will to read it before you click the arrow to continue. But uh, you know, one criticism that I was very heavy on with Allied Assault was the fact that you just seem to uh, jump between location to location, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. do in this to some degree. You know, you're in obviously you go, uh, at one point you travel to Malta and then Norway, and obviously you're at the castle itself and. Mm. There seems to be a reason for you to be yeah. going to those locations. It's much easier to follow.
2: Yeah, the information is presented in those cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah. With the reason we're off to here, because this is the new intelligence we gained from the latest mission. So that, That's they it, work.
0: yeah. He's tracking the sort of the X project around the world, basically. Um, and this is the first game that introduces uh, Death Said, Wilhelm Strasser, as well, isn't it? So, um, yeah. and he becomes a, a key figure um in the series the next
2: two yeah it's it's funny isn't it because i think modern day gaming now like this wouldn't even be a bare minimum the fact there's a a story linking everything together but i think we found going back around this area that's that's not a given so the fact it was in there Mm. i think actually does ease uh, the transition between place to place where now it would be like well (laughs) yeah it has to be in there
0: yeah that said I wouldn't be I certainly wouldn't be telling anyone to go back to sample this for oh, the no. <laughs> uh, for the story and the cutscenes scenes and the performances no. um you can definitely I would say everyone could live safely having never seen <laughs> but, um yeah obviously we're talking um mainly now about the uh, we we've, we've talked a little about the the visuals already but um playing the PC version with everything maxed out it did actually um you know it unsurprisingly reminded me of uh, Medal of Honor Allied Assault, again, because it's my most recent uh, game of that uh, genre and era. Is it the same engine as well? Was it modified? Yeah, that ID was tech. also it tech. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Based. But it starts to branch off in yeah. some really strange directions. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the related in terms that they've come through the id tech tree. But...
0: Yeah. But it has, certainly has. Um, the, yeah, there's this familiar look to it, I'd say. Even it's stuff like. Again, you know, we talked when we did Max Payne about the those amazing screenshots of Max Payne's um, mapped face on the back of the box, which back in, whenever that was, uh, looked gobsmacking. Um, but now, you know, when you look at um, the faces wrapped around the polygon head models um it looks kind of goofy and charming it's even though <laughs> yeah i mean it has a it does have a certain charm but again it's that sort of thing where uh, p- polygonal graphics and textured graphics of a certain era don't necessarily age as gracefully as as 2d graphics um to my to my eyes anyway and in fact even though i know that if i looked at robbie coltrane and sean bean in in Goldeneye 007 which is obviously four years before this and on a much lower resolution console in my head when i'm playing wolfenstein it's that it, it, it's that effect it's that <laughs> look they've got face textures wrapped around their polygon heads and um it yeah it kind of i think it, it's it,
2: easy to joke about that stuff but you know coming being in, ga- in yeah. gaming for that long that was you know a, a big step up and i can see how once when you, i remember being at the time you know that stuff was really impressive people would look like people rather than just you know Angled, yeah, blobs, angle-faced yeah. blobs. So, yeah. Now, of course, you know, seeing the latest stuff, the latest images of you know the new um, Uncharted game, etc., and going, yeah, yeah. like Jesus Christ, or you know, Lara I Croft, mean, of I, course.
1: But I, yeah, I recently tweeted did, a picture yeah. out of of Lara Croft um, mm. over the 17 years since her yeah, release, yeah, and and that that's somewhere. a mm. that's a prime example of just how far we've come. There's actually another one floating around from uh, that of Madden. Uh, between 2001 Mm. which is obviously the same year as this and 2014 uh, on the ps3 and it really is incredible how far we've come in a short period of time and i don't think you necessarily realize it unless you throw yourself back in at the deep end absolutely yeah and this is a perfect example of that you you know you jump back in and you're like i remember it looking quite a bit better than this
2: so uh, so i mean to, to base it against um medal of honor though it's I, I found they did a better job of the engine because they were less um, ambitious with the outside scenes. You know, you went from yeah. place to place, but they they kept quite a bit of this game in you know, yeah. in either the, the crypts or corridors of a of a you know a, a factory of you know making machines and stuff. Um, I think they they used the engine. They weren't quite maybe as ambitious, but at the same time, then I think they got away with it, maybe looking a smoother and better gameplay experience because of that.
1: There is one chapter in particular where you do start in a forest. You do, and you go up the same hill. And it looks almost exactly the same as Allied Mm. Assault at that moment. Mm. It could have been, you know, if you
2: took a screenshot, you wouldn't be able to tell which game was which. There's there's a part between two gates that you need to open up as well, and there's snipers that are coming down from the towers, and I, I really felt like this could just be taken from Allied Assault very, very close to that.
0: On the audio front, obviously, it doesn't necessarily age in the same way because we were already at the era of, um, you know, using actual sounds. Um, and this features some uh, uh, some score from composer Bill Brown. Um, but there seems to be so little of the music that I ended up switching off about four levels in um, because it just kept repeating and it repeating and repeating. Repeat,
2: yeah. over and over again. Um, yeah. It comes in and out. I, I think it's almost based around what they class as action set pieces yeah, and it mm. kicks in, but then it forgets to disappear until you <laughs> completely achieve something like 10 minutes after. Um, yeah. And it's, oh yeah, I need to turn that off. And then you know, five minutes later, it's back in the game as the same piece of music. It It's not stand out in any way whatsoever. It's just one of those ones of background. Utterly things. bog standard. Yeah, yeah, com- yeah, completely. Um, so probably yeah. the most damning thing about it is the fact that not only does it ever
1: change in this game, it's almost the exact same piece of music that you'd expect to find in the scores that he's done for the Rainbow Six games as well. Yeah, it's you know that mm-hmm. same sort of bombastic action climax of the music uh, about a thirty-second oh. sample and then it
2: repeats. But we <laughs> said in in to Assault, like, it didn't. The, the music didn't really fit the type of game it was, and I, I think here no. it's like you're shooting <laughs> the occult. <laughs> it's, the, well, having, this is a crazy action yeah, game. Having bombastic it, so music yeah. didn't feel out of place here. It's just it, unfortunately there was so little samples.
0: I could have done with some more, actually, I would have done with some more spooky soundscapes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was very little, um, you know, there, there was a little bit, but there, there wasn't much um, atmosphere, texture, you know, to, when you, because I think some of the better looking levels, to take it back to the graphics, were those sort of, you know, candle lit, torch lit underground levels and, and caves and stuff, and there were periods where I was actually, you know, quite, getting quite into, immersed the game, but the music, the music and the sound wasn't doing a good enough job of cementing it.
1: And, I mean, Bill Brown did go on to do the score for Wolfenstein, the 2009 version.
0: Yeah. Which I remember nothing about either. <laughs> he
1: was actually dropped for the New Order, which was nominated for quite a few awards for best soundtrack. Yeah. So. Well,
0: there's some really interesting things to mm. talk about the New Order soundtrack right, with the yeah. uh, with the fake German um, you know songs and all that sort of thing, which uh, which I wrote a little article about a while back. Um, but yes, he works on CSI and stuff, so I think he's doing all right for himself.
1: Yeah, but he's sort of not someone that you're going to remember for doing great work in video games, mm. which is always a shame. Um, but yeah. it, it's just. It, it It's noticeable, but for all the wrong reasons um, due to its repetition in Wolfenstein. Yeah. You know? It's
0: rare that I turn the soundtrack off in a game. And it's not that it's, you know, it's not that it's discordant or unpleasant to listen to. It's just the repetition. And I actually found the game was more atmospheric without it, which is, which is fairly damning. Yeah. Um, as for the uh, spot effects, well, um, as ever, it seems with games from this era, again, the the guns feel like a. It's again, it's something that at the time we probably thought, wow, these guns sound really good. They've got they've got a bit of bass to them. Um, it's clear it sounds like it sounds like the mechanism of a gun. But actually, when you've after you've played Battlefield Four with surround sound, yeah, it's like oh goodness, right. So it really. It's so it's, unfair though to
2: compare it to that. It,
0: oh, it is. But this is we're we're reporting our experience, aren't we? And we're reporting, yeah, and this is why you know we've got people who played it at the time and people who have. Played it for you know, I did play it at the time and I didn't play, I didn't complete it, I just started it. Like, same as you guys, I complete uh, started it, I think, on PC, possibly on Xbox. As I say, I can't actually remember, but I think I got sidetracked, possibly through difficulty and possibly through signposting, which we'll come on to. Um, but I remember it looking pretty good, you know, back in 2003 or whenever I played it. But I have to say, you know, we're we're talking about this from the point of view of people who maybe now are interested in playing it um, because they played the New Order, because they've heard our previous podcast. And yeah, the fact is that unless maybe there are some amazing mods out there, there might well be. But um, if you just go to it now, even with everything turned up to maximum, it looks it looks all right in places and it sounds all right. You know, it sounds okay, but none of that's going to. Um, it's
2: really hard because the easiest way for me to describe this like I think you know from top to bottom this game is really serviceable and that seems like a really like damn faint praise in, in some respects but actually I found going back to this era of shooter that's not always the case. Um, yeah and we'll talk about gameplay in a minute but it, yeah it, it's I, I came off this experience you know, not really hating it in any department but not really thinking it particularly excelled in any department but actually in, in some regards that's not bad for a game of this age in this in this genre because you
0: know yeah i think that's the key thing genre cuz mm. yeah, there are i
2: mean i'd probably be more
1: you know praise filled for that because the, the actual genuine feel of the game oh yeah the gameplay you know the running and gunning and speed still feels really really good mm. and it's something about that that design team
0: as um, the it tech is the, isn't the focus, it? Yeah, about
1: that yeah, the, the technology yeah, the of that time the focus of this being sort of the the like i said this was the real big follow on from quake 3 um in, in terms of you know it, it being a quake, a doom or a Wolfenstein. Yeah, um, yeah what I mean, what did so they, they
2: make that? between Wolfenstein 3D and um yeah Wolfenstein the Return to Car for Wolfenstein?
0: Well this this was a different team anyway because this Just
1: in terms of franchise um I'm, I was I was purely talking in terms of franchise and aiming at that certain crowd of people. Um mm. because yeah, there, yeah. there were a lot of people that had been playing Quake three and obviously Quake three did not have any form of single player that was anything more than fighting bots. Um, but it was still very popular in terms of multiplayer. This was going to be the big um, single, player, single player game until, obviously, Doom 3 um, in mm. 2004. So this, in that regard, f- had that really wonderful sense of feeling connected to the weapons that you're firing. Mm. Everything is super responsive, super quick. It ran slick at 60 frames per second, um, even on you know relatively moderate systems you know he performed really really well yeah um you didn't need a top end system obviously all the looks you would
0: if you wanted the bells and whistles but yeah you could have a you could have a solid experience with a yeah with a modest pc
1: yeah and it it was absolutely rock solid to to play and and for that reason i actually bought funny enough a friend i bought him for this christmas i bought him wolfenstein the new order for the christmas before i bought him some other presents but one of the other presents was Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Right. So two years in a row, he's actually had a Wolfenstein gift off me. And it's purely because he was another fan of the way that Quake played. And obviously you can still mm. play Quake 3 live. Now you with, you with know, Quake live in your browser. Um, and he would still play that every so often. he would say, look, why does nothing feel like this? And I would say, look, Return to Castle Wolfenstein does have that sense. But in a single player uh, thing and, and he got it and he loved it purely for that experience. He, he you know, if, you, if you're willing to forego the graphics and the sound, then the actual core feel of that game and running and gunning is pretty much nirvana for that period of time. Um, and if you can sort of channel into that, it still feels really good to play. This
2: is what I thought. It wasn't more about the developer, I'm just saying that the evolution of the id tech engine, mm, sure, uh, because yeah. there was very you know a set. Well, we'd had games. three
0: quakes and uh, and at dooms, this point, had not we, yeah. and and two dooms, yeah. So, you know, so. it's
2: quite. I can barely remember now how Quake ended up being, but you know, I, I think it was an interesting evolution of that of that tech and, and pushed on, obviously, quite a bit forward from there. So, I,
0: I mean, I agree about the the handling of the character um, in terms of the actual yeah movement. You know, obviously, you are using mouse and, and keys um, as it should be for a PC game of this era, but I, I'm sure it was ported um, uh, perfectly fine. seemed to run
2: fine. I remember the, the controller on Xbox. Version, yeah, yeah been no yeah. issues. but
0: now obviously at that point we were we were yeah i mean obviously we'd had goldeneye and halo 1 and and uh, and some excellent ports of quake 2 and things like that so we were used to playing um you know first person shooters on a controller but the the actual the bog standard control scheme perhaps hadn't been quite established yet um the twin stick style thing um but yeah so in this game my my recent experiences are that i was impressed and surprised by how um confident i was in the um Fairly uh, few and far between, but but quite critical platforming areas. Um, there's a few bits where you have to make a few jumps across roofs and across rickety bits. Um, and I felt absolutely 100% confident in the arc of the jump, of the the momentum that I had going towards. I never felt like I was, you know, teetering or, or I couldn't trust the geometry or, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, my gameplay issues more come on to um, the, uh, the nature of the combat between... Between yourself and the enemies, and again the lack of the lack of response from the enemies when you're shooting them, um, and the sort of the the gameplay tenet of enter a new room, uh, you know, 18 things shoot at you from different angles, and if you've not been in that room before, you'll probably die. And then it's a okay, you know, it's, there's a lot of the the philosophy is seemingly quite common for for first person shooters on PC of that era that it's based around the quick save. It's based Very around. Much. You know, you you are gonna. The next room is is a puzzle, it's kind of a combat puzzle that you have to try several times to work your way through, and it's not something I particularly enjoy, especially when I'm not getting enough feedback from shooting the enemies.
2: What level do you you play on easy or normal? Yeah, so I, I just, I play, I put it on easy just for, a, yeah. you know, I guess, yeah, knowing, uh, maybe after Medal of Honor, knowing how that played mm. out, I was like, yeah, I'm probably gonna. I played
0: that on easy. And yeah, I, that was... I had
2: probably slightly less problems than you, not to say that complete, I didn't die, I, I died plenty, but I, I yeah. certainly didn't feel that it was such a, you know, save load fest that Medal of Honor turned out to be. Um, mm. I never really felt like you know there was the, the sniper's alley or anything where it was like oh this is kind of impossible unless like you know a work of a genius which you managed to, to pull off. But I I do feel like at the same problem you remember me saying that it feels very much like you'd move from a doorway to a wall and then move back out again shooting down the doorway doing that. The rooms aren't yeah. overly set out like that. I I felt more confident of being in an open room managing to kind of circle strafe and and getting shots off. Yeah. Um, than I did in in Medal of Honor, but it is it is that case of okay, this is a Death alley, now. I've died. Where was my quick save? I hope I didn't put myself in a situation where you know I can't backtrack and have to go to a, a hard save. Um, but I'm I'm starting to feel that 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 is just what PC shooters of the era were. Yeah, I think so. It's a criticism now because it's not particularly yeah. fun.
0: But well, it depends if you like it or not. I mean, that's you know, I'm 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 just yeah, I'm just saying that it's like as I say that that particular philosophy of of kind of yeah scope out the room and quick save and reload and and dialogue I mean maybe it's partly the way I was playing I was uh, you know I was playing it on a deadline and I was playing it without any huge investment other than wanting to make this podcast so I wasn't I wasn't immersed enough to kind of pick my way through the levels you know and, and and that sort of thing like maybe that would have been better and i'm sure i played some sections better than others
2: i I know josh was talking about this on twitter but he's not here today so i'll I'll cover this for him yeah it's the level design is all over the shop with this game um there's classic examples of you know games which which we know now because we've we've seen enough documentaries or or they've been you know shown in enough uh you know cars or whatever how you know developers use certain tactics to draw the gamer to a certain direction one being a, pr- a prime example that they might have a light over a door which catches the player's eye so he- they tend to want to go over there rather than you know somewhere which is in a dark corner that's simple yeah. stuff now what this game is you know it's maybe slightly before then Yeah, you know, they haven't picked up on this stuff so quite often they'll do that they'll throw a light above a door you're wandering over there and you go to the user door and like, the door's locked yes yeah, and you go
0: it's just oh, dead texture okay? yeah
2: and yeah. you're backtrapping yourself. There was a couple of times I found myself going multiple times around the level, killed everything in the yeah. level, and have no idea how to you know, progress past the level to the point. Yeah,
0: there are some quite obscure bits where you have to try things that you never have to try at any other point in yeah. the game to progress. You, you've um, missed a lever yeah. maybe behind a yeah. wall, or
2: just, just weird
0: little things. It was, in a way, that's quite cool, but you're not expecting it. That's the thing. You're, Once you're, again... You're expecting big golden arrows like the modern games. Yeah, games. modern game design. You know, they, yeah. they don't
2: tend to block a player off unless you know, it's you know, certain games. You know, Dark Souls, you, have to use, your, you know, use your common sense, know where you're going. But you, you don't expect it from a first-person shooter. So oh, I found myself a couple of times following all the usual traits, yeah. having absolutely low luck, wandering around in circles, knowing that I've killed everything in the level, and just going, right. And, yeah. you know... Hold my hand up a couple of times. I had to revert to YouTube to go, "Where am I
0: going?" <laughs> and yeah, like, I think I did. I did that twice. And then yeah. seeing
2: yeah. like the person just you know because they probably played the game a dozen times, just you know mm. smack something open. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. I walked past that a dozen times. and not even seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Old, maybe old game design, um, but it, it nevertheless weird. Uh, and here, maybe you know, in, in Wolfenstein 3D, I had a real good fun time locating secrets. Mm. unless i had a you know a grenade or something go slightly off in the wrong direction or i happened to wander under a staircase like yeah. none of those secrets made themselves apparent to myself i, I watched a couple of youtube uh, walkthroughs uh, on one or two sections and the guys were like finding secrets all over the place like, i <laughs> i guess hence why they're secrets but i i would never have come across them yeah um you know i to I the 3d i don't know Wolfenstein 3d I, i'd just res- Maybe just open up or locate a wall.
0: Just key. hammering the button against Yeah, maybe against it's just hammering the button key. Yeah. But you can't really do that. It unless, made it um,
2: quite yeah. different from playing Wolfenstein 3D in that, that regards,
0: but yeah. they are there. Yeah, I mean, there. this
2: follows
1: on, it follows on from the style of, you know, like Doom and Quake with it quite secret heavy and the hidden behind stuff. Yeah. But this does the strange thing where... Textures aren't maybe, maybe sort of an off-color to make it obvious, mm, but you yeah. can walk in front of a surface and a little icon will appear on the bottom yeah. every so often you've got the hand to let you know that you can open a door Interact, or, yeah, yeah. or you can pull a switch. And then every so often you'll see the icon, which is like a wooden board that's exploded.
0: Yeah, kicky board, yeah. And
1: and it means that you can smash the surface and nearly yeah. all the secrets, for the most part, are hidden behind those. So you yeah. sort of need to be near a surface and if it appears, then that's usually it, but it's never really clear um, I mean, they're not as ridiculously hidden as some of the ones in Doom or Quake, but yeah. still, it's it's not in the same way that secrets are hidden now. Um, you know, every so often you'll see sort of the the, the chandelier, the, uh, not the, the sort of the, the candlesticks on the yeah. wall that you'll turn, um, yeah. and, and they're fairly straightforwards. Uh, but
0: you still got to keep your eyes open, though it's one of those games where maybe for the first few levels you miss a load because you just aren't in that mindset Mm. and and then you once you've realized that yes you know like there's a bookcase with a book that needs pushing in of course there is because you've seen it in all the films and and that's cool and it opens up the bookcase and you go in and there's some goblets and gold and whatever else i think i found a like a crystal skull at one point going into some place and um Having said that though, the one of the things I liked I enjoyed about Wolfenstein 3d we were talking about it as this kind of um, score chasing yeah, it was, game. Yeah. And, you know, because you knew that you could max out the levels score on Wolfenstein 3D if you collected every goblet, killed every enemy. And run and, it fast and, enough. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Whereas in this, there, that's all gone. There's no, there's no scoring that's mechanism. I was going to say, is, there, is say. there
2: any reason for the treasure in this? It's it's just just it's to just say you've got it, I think.
1: Okay. I think it's just more a trope of that type of,
0: yeah. that kind of game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it so you're doing it for the sense of, of satisfaction and actually that's that's when I enjoyed this game the most was when I was exploring and digging the secrets out and actually I think my favorite level in the game was the one where you have to um it, it's com- almost completely linear apart from the secrets compared to some of the other levels I mean they all funnel you but it's the one where you have to um, like assassinate five named uh, commanders in one village yeah, yeah I know. <clears throat> and you go through all the houses and it reminded me again because I'm playing it in this order it reminded me of the um, the bits in Wolfenstein the new order where you um, you deliberately seek out the, they're more open-ended but you deliberately seek out the commanders and take them out by by stealth to stop reinforcements being called and obviously we now know you know and playing it this way around I now know that, that a lot of this stuff with the sirens going off and being able to um, take out guards before they alert their mm-hmm. colleagues, being able to kick sirens in so they smash yeah, them so they can't work, the little guard houses, all that stuff, that all comes back in, in later games. Um, and obviously I didn't necessarily, having only just touched the start of this game 10 years ago, I hadn't, either didn't know or hadn't remembered that there's a lot of stuff in the New Order that is absolutely directly taken from this game. God. Which is nice. That, that was a weird
2: level because I, I managed to get through that level and actually not kill all the, the those guys. And you go yeah. to the end point and it goes, You failed to do four objectives. And I was like, oh, oh. Okay. Like, I've never had the point where I got to the end bit where you just walk oh. through. And, but the, I was like, Well, what's my objective? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. So I, I killed, I think, three more of those guards, went back there, and it's like, You've still got one more objective. And I spent <sighs> 25 minutes locating oh, the goodness. one guy. Like going round and round that that whole environment over and over again, <laughs> finding the one door which I had failed to open. It's it's an interesting level because that one actually has civilians in it. Um, yes, i.e.
0: prostitutes or cooks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that's, sort of, sort of, th- that's all that narrows it down. Yeah. that's all the civilians, isn't it?
2: I think that's it, isn't it? Like, I th- well, no, there's scientists, but you can kill them. But uh, yeah, I actually shot a prostitute um, accidentally yeah. and it was like game yeah, well over. Tony. Game over. But I believe that's the only instance accidentally. in that game. Well, just to see. You
0: know. Just to see what happened. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I ended up, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, this, the game still has the, I suppose sort of vaguely has the time attack thing in that it tells you how long the, the level took you. It's kind of, yeah. it's a little bit redundant because of the whole, quick load quick save scenario but it tells you how many tries it, uh, it uh, took you and stuff like that um but i was finding generally even though it felt like i was in levels for you know 20 minutes half an hour that the actual completion time was you know sort of seven minutes or something like that so
2: but a prime example before we move on from gameplay actually you're not 100% knowing you're going i'll, I'll give one and maybe you guys would know this there's a, an area near the back end of the game where you have to, there's like this submarine that's, that's disappearing and you need to you know, take the mark. That's so
0: Medal of Honor. Well, again, it came the other way around, but Allied Assault has almost exactly the same level in it. So you, you, <laughs> as, you as get,
2: as this get in this room and the submarine sl- sinks into the, the water and dis- disappears. Um, and the natural place you can see a guy standing looking over the submarine clearly is in the control room you need to get into that. Yes. And I wander off and you press the door and it's like, no, this door is locked. Okay, maybe I missed something, like a button somewhere back, I'll transfer back into the back end of that level, killed everybody, still went there, Guys still standing there, over and over again I run that same level not knowing where, where to go, and actually what you need to do, there's a bridge that you walk o- above and there's this little gantry that's down below, underneath you, and yeah. um, and, but it's kind of like you have to jump to the right, otherwise you're falling in the water. Yeah. And there's yeah. no obvious sign why you would need to go down this gantry. other than it's. That
0: gone. was one of the bits I had to look up.
2: Once again, that it's there's no door down there. There's nothing. What there is... No, you have to
0: blow it up. There's, yeah. there's a
2: barrel down there.
0: I'd already blown it up. I hadn't. So, that so kind, I had yeah. no
2: idea there was an entrance that you had to go through
0: there. That was exactly the sort of thing I was referring to, that there are bits where you wouldn't necessarily... I mean, there are other bits where you can access other bits of the level by blowing up uh, compressed air cylinders and barrels mm-hmm. and stuff but like they're that. But they really so I think they are mostly, yeah. Maybe exclusively. Um, yeah, there were two bits where I ended up, you know... N- n- unable to progress uh, that was that or well i was unable able to progress and maybe again if i maybe if i've been playing that at the time and not had youtube um i'd have just been looking harder you know just to actually look I more maybe, carefully yeah, shooting every um, barrel inside yeah, yeah exactly um but the other one was the level where you have to collect the bits of the uh, super sniper rifle that you have for the rest of the game which is like a one-shot kill for most enemies um, with a kind of uh, night sight thing on it, which actually isn't always that helpful. <laughs> you, no, I don't think you can turn it off either. Um, but I ca- you know, I got to the end of that level like four times, and uh, I was like, it wasn't, you know, again, it wasn't really clear what to do. I think there might be a way of bringing up the mission brief again, but I couldn't work out what I it couldn't was. I did not work that either. No. <laughs> so, so I'm like, mm, there's something I'm not doing here. And it, I remembered something it said, which was don't kill the last guard because you need somebody to open the gate. So you have to climb in the back of the lorry, solid snake style, and get, you know, get into this. Uh, I think it's into the X facility or whatever for the where they where they create these uh, Uber soldats and, and goodness knows what else. Um, yeah, and I ended up walking back through that level multiple times, just trying to work out what I'd what I'd missed, and um, I ended up finding some extra bits and bobs that I'd missed the first time, but. Yeah, it was, you know, it's just lying there on the floor. I, I like
2: your opening gambit as well. But what am I supposed to do with all this cheese? That is a great scene in that game. <laughs> well, a, well, it
0: fits the game quite well. Yeah,
2: there's a delivery driver. He's got a, a whole delivery of uh, cheese for you know, the party that's meant to be happening. He's like, I'm going to sit in front of this gate all day until you let me in. But there's a lockdown. And, uh, you yeah, know, I'm ashamed to say I killed that guy just because I thought <laughs> I was on top of the tower. I thought, well, you know, he's going to be there all day. <laughs>
0: So well, I don't remember if I.
2: Yeah, had to be done, but yeah, it's got it's got some humour in this game as well as being quite serious in its cutscenes. And yeah, yeah. Like Madame Strauss, or whoever she is, you know, the the German. Yes, it's officers. not
0: to be. It's quite. There's some quite camp elements. You've got the um, the sort of cat-suited um, special female special agents and and all that sort of thing in there. You know, ridiculous. Um, uh, cleavage, flaunting You can't, you can't tops help and but
2: look at it nowadays and just think, oh, how how quaint and charming. They, you know, games <laughs> were 14 years ago with completely yes. cleavage sticking out yeah. all over the place.
0: Yeah, if you think if you think they're made by adolescent boys for adolescent boys now. They were, who yeah. Yeah, they really were, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we talked a little about the weapons. I mean, it's worth saying um, there are quite a few, and I think some of them are missable. Um, I think it's because... Um, obviously the 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 precursors to this game, things like Wolfenstein and Doom, you kind of um you had that you know the famous uh weapon tree, basically you know melee to pistol to machine gun shotgun da 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 all that, and this does sort of retain it to to a point, but I think I have a feeling some of the weapons, if you don't get them the one time they appear, maybe you never get a chance to get them again um i'm not entirely sure about that maybe maybe that's only that sniper rifle but you have to get that so i could be wrong but things like there's you know there's a flamethrower that you you might never use or you or you might uh i think a lot of people very much enjoyed it and i think it probably had carl may may know actually tony you too that i think this is one of those games that um had a had an effect of fire that was actually um quite eye-opening at the time the the actual burning effect you know the the, yeah, the yeah. flamethrower graphic because it's quite it's quite long and liquid like um i mean it doesn't look it doesn't look entirely convincing yeah. now but but it it has it has a charisma to it um i didn't like, use,
2: like using it because when you hit no, people, it's pretty they, they start screaming and like i, I could do with less <laughs> less, yeah. less guys
0: screaming to death in my games you yeah. know there's that weird TV advert at the moment for one of those iPad games where they assault the beach type thing. And um, and it's oh, yeah. all it's all played for laughs. It's all, you know, cartoon characters. But um, but they get... Um, <laughs> it's like one bit where they go, is there still a flamethrower at that? And they go, yeah, but you'll be fine. And they run up there and they all get torched by this flamethrower. So <laughs> it's like, that's like, pretty I weird. like my
2: water to be nice and clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's terrible.
0: Um... Yeah, but did anyone have? Because I mean, you know, as with all these sorts of games, there were there's a fair variety of enemies. Um, much more so than Wolfenstein 3D. Um, you've got paratroopers, and they give you a, a, a pretty decent uh, gun that's specific to them. Um, the, God, the first time they appear, by the way, they like six or eight of them parachute in yeah. at one time. Mm-hmm. That's not Quite an easy rough. bit. Yeah. Um, yes, many 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 a difficulty spike. Um, and obviously later on you get onto the more the the, the more uh, out there stuff of sort of cyborgs and freaks and uh, I have, the uh, I have to say yeah.
2: the crypt stuff I found to be quite effective in in the way that you know you got those well, the crypt demons kind of wandering towards you they're yeah. massive bullet sponges you feel like you're going to run out of ammo yeah. Um, yeah. actually the music decides it's going to stop quite often in that those areas right. and you've got the the sound of them kind of uh, coming towards you and it I found that stuff my a couple of times being backed into a corner, thinking, "Oh God!" Um, so it, it still works in some levels. Are, are there, the, the ones that are more annoying are the uh, the later ones, with the shoot electricity out there out yeah. the bums um, and catch you. Yeah, you can't. There's there's an art to that stuff, and you can't really get away from it. Um, just have to hide around the corners, etc.
0: Yes, uh, you, they can shoot you from quite a range, okay. and, and again, that's some of the some of the stuff of the of the game design that I I didn't really enjoy so much. Was you know there's quite there's quite a lot of um, enemies getting a bead on you instantly. Um, in you know even even the ones that have rocket launchers for arms, just getting an instant bead on you, no reload time. Um, often they're they're spawned in tight corridors um, and things like that. You end up kind of doing this thing where you're sort of chucking grenades, and the grenade arc is really weird as well, you know, kind of luzzing seven or eight grenades around a corner in the hope that the splash damage is just singeing them somewhat, and then you find out that they've actually marched all the way up the other end of the corridor, (laughs) because they're not that stupid, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, some of those bits were were quite frustrating, I found, and and yeah, on normal difficulty, quite a lot of the enemies are quite bullet-spongy, I found, Um, and as i say my my probably my biggest criticism of the whole game um is that there is a com- almost complete lack of response from any enemy as to when it's being hit i mean the armor drops off the big armored ones
2: that's interesting i like that that was
0: but like even the the you know the crit zombie type things and the uh, and the and the knights and stuff they don't really they don't really give any indication that they're being Hit. There's no. There's no. You know. And the. I mean. The animation's quite stiff. And I can forgive that because it's of its age. Expected. But, yeah. Yeah. But actually, Goldeneye managed to have reactive uh, guards to being shot, and that was four years before this on a much more powerful, uh, much less powerful machine. So I was kind of hoping that at least people would, you know, kind of wince or react in some way. You know, do the thing where they they stagger. Um, I think some of them you can kind of stop their animation to shoot you by by hitting them but they're not actually they're not acting like they're being hurt or wounded in any way and i find that you know because i'm a sadist i find that really important when i'm <laughs> yeah i mean when it, I'm it's frustrating
1: stuff. because obviously a lot of enemies were designed specifically to be bullet sponges which is in my opinion never a good idea in a game mm. i hate that mm. but at least the you know when at least you fight in the bog standard vanilla nazis you you know the headshots will count yeah um so you can sort of take those ones out and it becomes there are a lot of times where it becomes a single player twitch shooter which is not that common anymore no um no. and and if you if you're feeling competent or adventurous or you get you get into it you can get into some really nice moments where you say you're flicking around like a sniper rifle or you know the pistol and you're taking out these enemies really quickly but then like Tony said there are moments where you're going through the crypt and these enemies can sort of come out of nowhere in front of you and then all of a sudden you're sort of throwing the grenades running backwards becoming (laughs) you know a blur of perpetual motion Mm. throwing literally everything you can and then when you get them down you realize that you don't really have any you know ammo left or or any health left, and it becomes a bit frustrating. And yeah, that, that there are bits in this game, and I think that is probably the reason why I stopped playing the mm. first couple of times that I yeah. tried around that because that was when the game really started to take a lean in towards more bullet sponging rather than any form of. Yeah, if I feel that skills taken away from me, I always feel a little bit robbed as the player, and yeah. I think that that's where it started to sort of
2: you know blur that line. There's definitely a halfway point in this game where you start to get more of the occult stuff and the enemies start to get tougher more bullet spongy where it feels like if the game wrapped up we we call it fair uh it, what i think i don't know what i played, i think it was probably around 9 hours yeah same, same yeah. is yeah. uh, around that 9 to 10 hours and um it's one of those ones that, like if it was 6 it would be a much better experience um the last last couple yeah. of levels really Star Dragon out there. There's a couple of big guys. There's like these weird mech, like half man, half occult. Yeah, half and it throws machine. more and more of them at you. Um, or,
0: well, more and more in one and go. And they have like yeah.
2: twin, twin well, like, like mini guns attached to their arms. And yeah, you don't need to be out of cover for too long for those, those things to really hurt you. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's more like butt your head against the wall and hope you take them down. Eventually you do. And culminating in a an end boss fight, which is. Pretty damn underwhelming and more frustration than, than circle straight for it. the yeah, wind Yeah, he's firing for, the for ages. You can
1: yeah. glitch him, can you? Like I did, yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's much easier doing it the uh, the glitchy way. You basically when yeah. you when you put po- uh, start, you're sort of at a hole in a wall,
2: uh-huh.
1: and you're looking out at where the enemies are. Um, and if you sort of peek a bit, they all come towards you, and you sh- you shoot the enemies that are around him. Uh, the the sort of the three undead that are around him Mm. and he'll walk into the hole and as he walks into Mm. the hole you just sort of walk out and just get the wall to collapse on top of him (laughs) and he'll scream he'll scream he'll scream around for about 10-15 seconds and then
0: explode oh well, that is handy. No, <laughs> oh, thanks for telling I, us that, Carl. Before we, you know, played. I went <laughs> around handy. and around and around and around and like around twenty-five for minutes. A, and yeah, eventually... for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game is—I would say the game is—you um, know—it's pretty fair at giving you um, a room full of health and ammo before you take most of these things yeah. on. Um yes. for the most part. But um, it is quite possible. You know, you you are carrying a lot of guns. One of those, one of the things I was saying before. You know, you you can end up with. Two different pistols, I think. Multiple three machine guns, um, or yeah, um, yeah, some some of the uh, alternate modes as well. Silence modes, All things different like grenade type, I think. two rifles, uh, yeah, grenades, dynamite, um, yeah, B.J. Blaster is
1: quite the soldier.
0: He is. He's and he yeah, he's a tough guy with a with a strong back, um, but. Yeah, in the end, that final boss—yeah, classic case of uh, circle straight. I mean, it reminded me some of those some of those bigger set piece fights reminded me of Serious Sam, which is obviously yeah. a game that actually out. came out yes. came out before this. But I always felt that Serious Sam kind of dealt with those scenarios a bit better somehow um probably like giving you
2: bigger weapons to do <laughs> yeah
0: uh, probably that yes um and a lot of audio cues as well serious sam you know famously the, the the bellowing and the and the shouting and all that um whereas this again you know i mean you've got tracer bullets coming at you and stuff like that but again i was underwhelmed by the lack of feedback to or from this final boss it's, you know this is heinrich I, the knight that you've been but it, chasing it's hilarious because it. he's like you know i will have to
2: deal with this you know whatever this this person first you know i am the all-powerful the world is going to end and then you spend 20 minutes just running around in circles and kill him yeah it's Same like old story. well that was really underwhelming like oh god yeah uh, and it just ends up with a you know oh he's Blaswitz is off to to rest and relaxation <laughs> it's like okay thanks
0: but yeah um I've just had a flashback though to the um, final boss of the 2009 game, which I think was probably worse. Okay, I'm so, Great. <laughs> <you know, laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think the end boss in uh, across all the Wolfensteins is yeah, it's something a, to answer for. It's a genre trope, some some people, a, yeah. a
0: franchise trope, yeah. Right, what, what should we do this time? <laughs> Let's make it really bad. Yeah, I don't know. Strange thing to do. Let's move on then to the one that none of us have played <laughs> but we thought we ought to talk about it nonetheless with apologies to Andy Hamilton um, who wanted us to talk about this but um, or wanted to talk about it but unfortunately as I say he's unable to be with us um, so we're going to do a terrible job of trying to sum up why Wolfenstein enemy territory is such a big deal uh, so this arrived um, in May 2003 um, so as I understand it, as I said, there was a Wolf- there was a, a Return to Castle Wolfenstein multiplayer component which came with the original PC game and was also included in the Xbox version. We know because you played it, Tony, right? Now, Enemy Territory is um, a, a, a kind of a branched off from it. Is that right? Or is it is it was it, I mean, it, originally it's its intended beast. to
1: be an episode, wasn't it? Essentially what we would call an episode or an expansion. add-on or yeah. an extension or an expansion, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And it was
0: gonna have bit. a single player bit as well, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So this is by Splash Damage. Um, who are the developer probably um best known nowadays for well? Batman the Batman Arkham Origins multiplayer. Uh no, probably Brink, isn't it? Probably uh Brink <laughs> yeah, for was the, the, for their sins. Yes, right. which didn't turn out as well as everyone hoped it might, I think it's fair to say. Um yeah, and they also worked on the Doom Three multiplayer.
1: They've got links with multiplayer essentially yes. that, that yeah, tends yeah. to
0: be their bread and butter is the multiplayer component yeah, yeah hence the name um, so this came out for Windows PCs but also uh, Linux and Mac and also I don't even know what this means can anyone help me um, two other uh, Aros uh, and Morphos other operating systems so this will work on like, pretty much any PC that's running any crazy operating system is that, is that what I understand from that?
1: I have never heard of them
0: ok they're, they're listed they're listed for the ga- under the games you know what this game runs on i assume that this is based around the idea that the community for this game is very pc centric very hardcore and as mm. such some of them will be running their machines with operating systems that they've probably built themselves or you know <laughs> or something <laughs> you or, probably yeah. yeah so um yeah so you can play on anything and interestingly you can still you can still get it you know you you can you can go to return, um, enemy territory right now um, what's the uh, url it's
1: on it's on the splash damage website you can yeah. actually go to it uh, they actually ran an, an article about the 10th anniversary of enemy territory and yeah. actually include a link to it so if you actually search for t- yeah. 10 years um they'll they'll give you it because i mean the the game was It was a really, really weird launch because it was obviously intended to be charged for as an expansion with a single player and a multiplayer. And then they opted that it was just going to be the multiplayer with bots and then they were going to charge for that. And then that sort of didn't work out. And then it just got released. It's really one of those strange things that I don't entirely know why it happened, but it certainly helped the game.
0: Now, it seems to be... uh... Uh, from from the research i've done um as i say yes you can still you can go to splashdamage.com you can download it right now it's completely free it'll play in any uh <laughs> any os um it's a very fast paced team based axis uh, axis versus allies um and it's got uh you know um mission requirements as it were so i suppose it's is it closer to something like counter strike is it is that the sort of area we we're, we're looking at i mean it. it, it It's fun. I mean, I
1: did play this game. I didn't play it a whole lot. Um, It it uses objectives in the middle of a game. Now, the the closest thing you could compare it to is something like, imagine a cross between Call of Duty and Battlefield, Yeah. and it falls somewhere in the middle. Now, in the middle of it, you can get something where both teams will get objectives, one and then a team could get an objective purely against the other, and it changes as you play the game. So, say there could be a, a, a deliver the deliver the documents. Yes. So yeah. you would race to the documents like a flag, essentially, and then you have to deliver it to another location and your team would essentially be supporting the one person running with it whilst the other team tried to take them out. And then you could get a, you know, a demolish mode where you're trying to blow up something of the enemies and, and that kind of thing. And it would all change um, and it sort of kept it fast-paced yeah, and around a very specific location as you were playing. Um, it, it, Lots of fun, lots. Very, very fast-paced. Yeah. So,
2: so I'll give you a... a, a... Yeah, you know, um, an example of this because this this is what I really remember from the Xbox Live version of what I played, which was um, there's a famous level where basically there's a beach landing, so you have people defending the the you know the castle on on the top side and people storming the castle from the beach side, um, and it would start out like this: the the defenders would also be up in their turrets, and what they would be doing is make, you know setting up, making sure that they got a good view of the people down below, so they would all be on the you know the turrets set up in, in the cliff sides the people down on the beach would be the ones saying, "Okay, we need to get up there. We know that we need to you know, stick to the left-hand side here because their turrets don't go down there." But people they, at that point, if you were good at the game, you could have dropped down, um, you know, dynamite and stuff, and stopped them that way. But there would be a point where there'd be barbed wire down on the bottom, as there would be in those in that, in that situation, and a team would have to get up and blow that barbed wire to then make an access point into the actual castle itself. So once you've done that, then the objectives on either side would change, because then you need to get to the, the room which has the documents. So your objective would change, well, you know, secure the documents. Um, the other team's objective would be now leave the turrets and actually secure the room which has the documents. So there would be a fight to get to the documents. Once you've got those, then the objective would be to get back out of the castle and down the beach and away. Uh, and, of course, their objective then would be to stop that. So you'd be one of these things would happen quite a bit on the fly. So you nothing would be the same. But you'd do the same thing over and over again, of course, because you yeah. know exactly it was very much scripted in that way. But you'd always find new ways to prevent people coming and directing them in different ways or just, you know, head on, you know, throwing down everything you can, just trying to protect, stop that room. But they would, if I remember rightly, there was a time limit to it. So you could never just, you know, Having a game that went on for you know, two hours of people trying to do it. There was always that push of, okay, we need to make that push now. Yeah, modern gaming has, has taken that stuff and and you know changed it in multi-way different. You know, whether it's capture the flag or you know in multiple games changing you know, the way that works. But it, I, at the time, it felt very much unique, very fun, um, quite mm. f- quite you know strategic and fast-paced at the same time. And actually, yeah, a I, bit
0: more interesting than just definitely. Yeah,
2: I did play the the PC version of it. Um, remembering back. Not as much as the Xbox One, but I was intrigued enough from playing the Xbox One and and messed around with the PC version at a friend's house. And that was always populated, but it was super fast. So much faster than than the Xbox counterpart. Um, You'd die in a super quick time and people would obviously be, you know, mouse and keyboard would would get it right down. But it was really, really fun. Two very different experiences across the two separate platforms. But right. equally uh, entertaining, and yeah, you know, thinking back to it now, it yeah, I, I kind of, I I not say miss that because I think that stuff probably exists. I probably don't put myself in those scenarios to play that stuff now. Well, I mean,
0: yeah, Battlefield is yeah, kind of you know. it is
2: that, but it's it's so much more. <laughs> There's so much more going on. Well, I think, games.
0: but it's one of these games. The reason it's, uh, I mean, this is the most interesting thing looking into this now. As I say, I don't know nearly as much about this as uh, as Andy Hamilton of Midnight Resistance, but I've done a little bit of looking into it. And you know, one of the first things I found was this Facebook page Wolfenstein en- Enemy Territory, thirty-two thousand likes. Um, and a, as I as I looked at this, it was just counting down. Um, it was uh, you know there was a like you know what's happening. Team Phase Esports Cup Grand Final, Turbo T or Turbot versus Jeez. Wise Guys, Monday nineteenth of January. Uh, that's uh, last Monday uh, at eight pm UK time. Um, and you know this is a, a yeah. So th- these are being these are live esports events being streamed to mm-hmm. a big audience. Um, and I've watched some of the uh, some YouTube highlights, uh, highlight reels, and um, they're generally commentated by these. It's what well, it's. It's so fast-paced. It's the commentators sound like somewhere between horse racing and uh, <laughs> yeah, something intense like a ice hockey game or something like that. Um, it's a real skill, and you have to know the game inside out, obviously, to be able to commentate on it. Um, but it seems to have uh, again. You know, you, you, it's hard to tell just from watching highlights. I haven't haven't the time or inclination to sit down and watch you know umpteen live matches or whatever but it seems like it's one of those games that can throw up those incredible moments so so this highlights reel that i found out is just you know like best et moments um they generally call it et as you'd expect um and it, it's like you know the last the last rocket of a game flies you know 200 300 yards across a map and blows up all four of the of the enemy team while as they're just about to deliver a document or some you know something like that it's it's like the equivalent of a um yeah th- a three point shot on the buzzer from the other end of you know the other end of the court kind of thing and um uh, I love the fact that this game. I mean, it it doesn't look anything special now at all. I mean, if you run it, you know, it it's fast, but if you run it side by side with Battlefield Four in terms of graphic graphical fidelity and detail and something, it's, it, it it's looks, not about that. That it, it's it's no, it's a sport. It's a, it's a lot it's of it's people still do yeah. this, don't they? The, the, the prime example
2: was. Um, counter-strike where you know or yeah. whatever even quake where people would run it at the minimum specs because it was all yeah. about speed and precision and who cared what it looked like
0: and visual acuity as well
2: i used to do that on Quake three the the very core mechanics are, are what pushes those games through and you know yeah. to its very temp degree you know if you look at something like dota it you know it's all about you know just knowing the line knowing your lanes and yeah. knowing what each player has to do and you know that continues in any day modern day shooter online it's if you're a team playing against a load of people that are just, you know, you know what, ad hoc and, and pick up groups, if you're a team, you can just absolutely tear through anybody like that. But when you get to the stage like these guys have where they've been playing it for, you know, the best part of whatever, 12, 13 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some guys on there that probably know far, far too much about everything.
1: I mean, I wish I'd gotten more into enemy territory. It came at a really odd period of time because I was still playing Counter Strike a lot at this period mm. and I was doing a lot of Lanning. And obviously, Battlefield 1942 came out the year before in 2002. And I remember being at a LAN, watching someone play Battlefield 1942, thinking, well, that looks a little bit dry. It looks a little bit, I don't understand, yeah. it's boring. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized that people were going up on the wings of these planes and, you know, parachuting off. And I thought, this is actually pretty cool. So I picked it up. And then I sort of really started to get into that. And then this came up the year later. And I was like, it sort of falls somewhere between the two games that I love. I love those other two games. So I tended to stick with yeah. Battlefield 1942 and Counter Strike. But I understand the charm of enemy territory. And I tried it out. And I love the fast pace, I love the obviously the idea of quick rocket jumping and all that that you get from that engine that was just utterly wonderful at its best moments. And it's still, you know, very cult. Cool. It still gets played now, as you said. Clearly. And yeah. it reminds me of another land that I go to these days. i um, not been to in a while, but I am going to in uh, April this year, the hosting another one. And. Every last day, they play Call of Duty 2.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's because they all love it. And there's a few players there that play Half-Life Deathmatch, the original Half-Life Deathmatch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, a couple of them used to play it. I think a couple of them used to play it professionally. Uh, One of them was represented Team UK, and they always play that, like across all three days you see this group of players still playing Half-Life Deathmatch now, and it still makes me smile. And it's something that is kind of wonderful about PC gaming, is that these really truly great multiplayer games are never forgotten. They're just played sort of yeah. in the corners here and there, but they are still happening.
0: Yeah, I mean that's one of the good things about the format of the PC in that regard, in that even though, you know, obviously sometimes you have compatibility issues with different operation operating systems or whatever, but you can fundamentally and and you know, the fans will make sure that these games are always playable on future machines. And I think it's one of it's one of these things where um in the same way that, you know, football is uh, one of the simplest sports in in theory, um, you know, a point, a goal is a point and it's just, you know, it's this very simple thing. Um, there's a certain, there's a balance and uh, a purity to playing an older first-person shooter mm. that doesn't have so much going on, so much to look at, so much to think about. Um, not
1: bogged down by mechanics.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not bogged down by all sorts of stuff. Um, and yeah, there might, you know, maybe there was a sweet spot with things like Counter Strike and, and Enemy Territory, that um, in a way, for for actual um, competitive play, things didn't need to get more more convoluted and complex, and that's why they that's why they um, abide. You know it's why they. And I
1: think it's certainly something that we'll be bringing up again in the New Order um, episode, because obviously that's something that that game did get praised for. Is the is almost reverting back, and. Yeah, I think, I think the early 2000s was a really great period of time for where first persons started to come into their own, um, they started to differentiate a bit more, mm. um, and they all had their own identities. You know, you had, obviously, Wolf Return to Castle Wolfenstein, and then obviously Call of Duty came into it in 2001, roughly around the same time, and then that spread on to Call of Duty 2, which took off massively in the multiplayer. you got enemy territory um, as a multiplayer, and then Battlefield came in, and, and you can sort of see they all cut their own paths, um, yeah. And they've obviously become more and more complex. Some have got better, some have got worse. But, you know, you you can sort of see the, the, the heritage and the origins in the early 2000s where they were really pure. Um, and I think that's why those are still played today.
0: And another thing that I think most people I know actually praised the New Order for was that it didn't cram in a multiplayer component because because they knew rather than giving it to, you know, what generally happens, they give it to a development team who then works on it and then it's played for a week and then forgotten about. You know, it might have been given, you know, the feel of the control of of the, the characters and stuff in, in the new order, it might have been a fun multiplayer, but everyone would have binned it after a week regardless because that's what that's what happened. So they just uh as developer and publisher just went, nah let's not bother this time and yeah. it doesn't seem to have done, it, done them a lot of it.
1: It was quite brave really, but it
2: was it yeah. was refreshing.
0: Yeah, which and, is um, weird considering
2: yeah. that the legacy which you know we're talking about here is a fantastic multiplayer game. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, a release all upon itself. And yet there's been nothing really in that category. The thing is,
0: if you can't out.
1: better it, if you can't <laughs> better it,
2: why bother?
0: Did Wolfenstein 2009? have I don't think it did It do does now. It has multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay. Very much so.
2: Yeah. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm going to be playing I'm it. I'm going to play it. Yeah, I'm going to play it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's still. I mean, that's talking about Xbox Live. Like that's that's just not. It's not fireable now. It's, it's down. I suppose it probably still has system link. If you really want to go out, but it, you'll never have the same experience. No. on that console playing the multiplayer, because it's, no. it's just not possible for it to exist now.
0: Whereas enemy territory in the PC might be played for another goodness knows how many years, yeah. as long as people... Well, I'd say,
1: I mean, it. certain games had that, the trouble with the GameSpy server shutting, but, you know, things are finding the ways around, um, and they'll always find a new way to... to it's PC, there's always to around. a around ...activate game multiplayer, Yeah.
0: Yeah, and with um, Twitch and, and, and YouTube, it's absolutely you know it's catching fire again in a lot of ways, and and yeah, it's all it's it's interesting. I mean, it makes me laugh because you know the you know the sort of classic uh, sort of um, certain type of gamer attitude who uh, you know hates actual sport. You know, oh, don't like sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I bet I bet some of those who say that are now watching these streams of people. You know, with commentary which could absolutely come from from a you know a sporting event and it's uh, it's exactly the same sort of appeal it's just that it's um yeah. brains and fingers instead of um, whole bodies but no I really like it and um in an ideal world if I had enough time and and whatever I'd love to actually interview some of these um these uh enemy territory players and commentators and and find out what the deal is and if I if I if I can find the the time and impetus I would actually look into that yeah, cuz
1: it'd be nice to have a nice article or something. It
0: would I did you know I did um yeah just it was one of those things where even though like you know we're going to sum- summarize our feelings on Return to Castle Wolfenstein a bit and I wasn't you know I wasn't over enamored with it overall playing it now but the, as soon as I started watching these people playing Enemy Territory, I was just like, God, I love the passion so much. Yeah, the
1: enthusiasm yeah. yeah, so endearing, exactly. and that sucks you in alone, yeah totally
0: and it yeah it just made me think of playing you know like how i feel playing with my friends i mean again it doesn't happen as much as it should do as much as it used to but playing things like a really pure simplistic multiplayer game like Bomberman, you know something like that it's like i know i know that game inside out i mean even that is way simpler than enemy territory but it's that sort of thing where you've got a bunch of people who know the game inside out and you know the tricks and you know the the strategies and um Yeah, just uh,
1: sometimes you can't beat a bit of competition.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Unless you're James, who hates all that business. Yeah,
2: (laughs) to bring maybe this is a little bit about multiplayer. Anyway, but um, there was an issue I I remember on the the Xbox version um, going back Mm. to the single player just for two seconds. Is I I I was aware of the PC version starting differently, and I I remembered the fact that there was. Um, there was a prologue on the Xbox version, which they added, which makes the story make a little bit more sense. Because in the PC version, you just wake up, you, you're in this crypt, and off you go. And yes, there's actually like yeah. a you know a few levels introduction. I there's an Egypt level. Isn't yeah, it uh, makes sense of how you get to the place in the mentioned. PC. And I, I think that was probably more close to the developers, you know, going back a, a year later and going, yeah, that wasn't quite right. Through doing a little bit of research just now on that, the they talk about the there's a two-player co-op mode exclusive to the Xbox. So there must have oh. been co-op in the Xbox version. Oh wow! Which I never played. Yeah, you know, to get onto multiplayer. No. Yeah, so two-player co-op mode. exclusive Split screen to Xbox. or online? I assume it was probably split screen. I'm going to say I don't know, but um, oh. yeah, apparently the second player plays as Agent One. So yeah, that sounds
0: quite that sounds quite fun.
1: Well, I can't imagine he lasts too long.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Well, it made a,
2: it would have made some of the areas probably slightly easier.
0: Let's hear uh, from, uh, as expected, not a huge amount of correspondence, but some uh, good correspondence from the community, com slash forum. You can email as well, podcast at canarince.com. Join the spam in the inbox. Bakers12 says, uh, I owned this game on the Xbox when it first came out and completed it. Now I have very few memories of the game, all I can think of is the Egypt opening as we just mentioned, uh, not in PC version, enemy flamethrower looking very cool, the final boss looking good but being an odd fit for the game and the ending being a bit anticlimactic. Normally I would not post about a game that I have such vague recollections of but this game stands out to me as it came out at a time when a lot of games stuck with me and comes from a series that I normally really enjoy. I don't know if World War II shooter fatigue had set in at this point or its lack of story, in inverted commas, made it fade so quick in my memory. I'm only glad that, for me, this is the only blip amongst the rest of the Wolfenstein games.
1: Hmm. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I
1: can't imagine it was World War II shooter fatigue as well, because this was sort of the start of it, really. I mean, we had the Medal of Honor games, but Call of Duty hadn't started. Battlefield hadn't started. Well, I guess... Technically, they had because it was on the Xbox, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, but also, um, although it is a World War Two shooter in some ways, it's, it's also it's a fantasy. Yeah. It's a fantasy game as well. Um, it,
1: it's like comparing Indiana Jones to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, sure. Both, both happen around the same period, but yeah, a
0: little bit different. Yes. Uh, Alex79UK says I absolutely loved Return to Castle Wolfenstein It remains the only game in the series I've ever played and although details have become rather hazy over the years I know I enjoyed it enough to rank amongst my favourite FPS games of all time It came along at a time when I'd not really played many first person shooters I don't think I owned a current gen console at this point and all my gaming was done on PC I'd played Half-Life and dabbled with Unreal a little but this was my real wake up call As I said before, my recollection of the game is hazy, I just checked Wikipedia and had no idea it was so old, but mixed in with a lot of vague fuzzy memories are real vivid memories of sneaking across a big open space to take out enemy watchtowers, Nazi occult wizardry, escaping from cells with nothing but a dagger, and of course, the flamethrower. The game was hugely fun from start to finish, but I'm under no illusion it probably hasn't stood the test of time, so I've no plans to go back to it now. Return to Castle Wolfenstein isn't just a game for me, it represents a completely different time in my life and remains the game that really opened a whole genre to me. So, yeah, almost polar opposite of Baker's 12's uh, rather humdrum experience with Return to Castle Wolfenstein. And a late piece of correspondence. uh, Thank you to JB the skater for this Uh, who uh, asked us at the last minute if he had time to post and he did so he did and here we are JB the skater says strangely the return to Castle Wolfenstein is one of those games which once I stopped playing I never went back to I bought the original game in early 2002 and played a lot of it as I was snowed in at the time although I bought a digital copy on Steam circa 2009 I've never installed it for fear of going back to it now would detract slightly from my fond memories I came to Wolfenstein after playing a lot of Delta Force, Rainbow Six and Team Fortress online. This was a bit of an impulse buy when I was in games shortly after Christmas in 2002. I'd read the coverage on IGN but I didn't think anything could unseat the games at the top of my list of online FPS's to play with friends. I was quite wrong. I can't think of many better impulse buys since. I played this and latterly enemy territory almost to the complete exclusion of all other online first-person shooters until Battlefield 1942 was released and my subsequent addiction to all things Counter-Strike. In all honesty, I remember very little from the single-player component of the game, aside from the infrequent appearance of Himmler (laughs) from time to time. Uh, The multiplayer was where I spent most of my time. And what a multiplayer it was. It was exceptional. It was class-based and it was fun. The voice chat commands were superbly implemented and the on-screen visuals, which accompanied each cry of MEDIC, helped to create a brilliant team-based shooter. Voice chat at the time was never great, so this system fully integrated into the experience was a masterstroke from Nerve. Also, who can forget the endless cries of DANKA over and over again when revived or resupplied? This always seemed funny and never got tiring, possibly a sign of my immaturity at the time. <laughs> Who knows? Each of the classes brought something interesting into the mix, but I particularly enjoyed the role played by the medic. In games such as Delta Force and Rainbow Six, which were my mainstays at the time, once you had been killed, you had been killed to death, as it were. In Wolfenstein, the medic could bring you back. Amazing. Whether this had been done before, I'm not sure, but it was the first time I'd encountered this mechanic in an online FPS and loved it. A good medic can make all the difference. This has since been featured in some of the great multiplayer games. The Battlefield series and Left 4 Dead are two examples which spring to mind. I had a great time with the Wolfenstein multiplayer. It had a good community and was a joy to play. People seemed to embrace the team-based nature of the game and you could guarantee meeting people in a lobby or game who were fun to play with and who got it right into the spirit of it. Those were the days. Excellent. It's nice to hear from somebody...
2: That certainly twinges something which I. Yeah. You know, it, it's always very hard to, to base your feelings with how multiplayer played out. But I do yeah. remember spending a huge amount of time on the Xbox version of it and meeting a lot of good friends, which are still mm. you know, my friends, you know, some 12 years later on the Xbox version. Um, yeah, still play with them today. And, you know, it's one of those ones where we talk about the simpler days of the original Xbox multiplayer when, yeah, there was a half a dozen games you played. And, yeah, yeah just listening to that, a lot of those those moments, they're coming back to me, and I'm going, oh, of course, yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very hard to recapture, but... It could
1: almost be a case, again, for there being too many games now, and it's sort of splitting people across titles. It was a bit nicer then when there was a little fewer games to play, so everyone could get yeah, together. Yeah, he talks, and, a, he know, talks about
2: Rainbow Six, of, yeah. and that was another one that came out um, around mm. that time, and, yeah, 16-player lobbies every single day of all your friends, and, and doing it over and over again every night, so...
0: I think he might be talking about the the earlier, more hardcore oh, PC yeah, of Rainbow Sixes, yeah. but oh, that but, Rainbow Six was yeah.
1: awesome. Yeah.
0: Right, uh, just two three word reviews from the uh, two of our um, correspondents we've already heard from. So Alex says uh, "flame grilled Nazis," and Synchronous Gamer uh, says "Danke, Danke, Danke." <laughs> I don't know how I've not heard the speech sample, so I can't. Um, Sounds very but close am, to it. Yes, I I am a quarter German and I have a GCSE in German, so you know that was. It's pretty authentic, uh, though. That's it's like twenty five percent authentic. <laughs> um, let us summarize. I will summarize first because I fear I am the most negative. This keeps happening at the moment. Maybe I'm in a bad You're state. Just a no, no, I'm not at all. Just ah, oh, famously, yeah, I hate video games. Me,
1: Leon Cox, cynical
0: game. Yeah, so so renowned for it. Um. No, I, I just didn't have a great time playing Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Um, I wanted to have a much more fun time. I, wanted, I I was going back to it. I was expecting it to be more fun than it was. Um, it's the things that... Uh, ground me down were it's was the the philosophy of design it was the Mm. um the quick save stuff the bullet sponge enemies um and that that said you know there were moments like you know any i mean this is mechanically sound as carl says you know it 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 feels good to play the engine is strong the movement and the jumping is absolutely fine The, the problem i had is the yeah just the actual the toing and froing, the tip for tat with with the combat. Certain sequences were were fine, and I had fun. I had fun sneaking around and, and uh, using silenced weapons to to take out certain key targets and things like that. I had I had a decent time exploring some of the crypts with um, with nice secrets to find and things like that. But actually, the majority of the eight or nine hours I spent was. Um, probably loading and reloading sections of uh, sort of four, five, six, seven bullet sponge enemies at a time. By the, As Tony said, by the, by the latter stages of the game, um, some of the areas are absolutely flooded with quite tough enemies. Um, even when you've got maxed out with 100 health and 100 armor, um, you can die fairly quickly. Um, I certainly didn't hate it, but it's a game that... Um, yeah, I would. I wouldn't particularly urge people to go back and and play. I certainly wouldn't. Um, I don't feel I would have missed out if I hadn't gone back. But having said that, I'm glad I did because I always like to tick off, you know, classic games off my. Yes, I've I've sampled that one for myself list. Um, but it was, you know, it was only two ninety nine, and we got to make a nice podcast about it. So you know, <laughs> whatever. Tony.
2: Yeah, I, I think like like you say, Leon. I think if if we weren't doing this podcast it's one of those games where i would have fun memories from playing it on the xbox certainly from the multiplayer remembered about half the single player and i think that's probably about right going back to it now it's unless you have a reason to see it through to the end i think most people would probably get to the halfway point where the game turns into a bullet sponge hell and just go okay yep that's a game from that era and it plays just about as well as that and probably move on and that's maybe the right thing to do it costs you 2.99 and but, you know, for the show, we love to, to get to the point, yeah, the end points of games and, and see them in, in their full glory or not. And, you know, I, I, I don't say I, I had a bad time with this. I didn't. I, in fact, um, Medal of Honor Allied Assault is the one we keep bringing up. It's because the one mm. we all played on the PC and the one around the same period, and it feels yeah. very similar in many parts of design. But there was parts in Medal of Honor Allied Assault where I screamed at the screen through its <laughs> unfairness and just bad you know terrible game design yeah. in my my opinion i never really got to that point of this i found myself being frustrated having to save and reload but never to the point where i was in a room and there were seven guys all shooting at me while trying to defend a bridge um at the same time <laughs> bits like that or the sniper alley yeah so i had an easier time with this um but the game is too long That if it finished at the halfway point at six hours i would have been a happier gamer um, it would have been a tighter game. I like, I kind of like the the integration of the story stuff, which was missing from *Alloy Assault*. Um, but overall, yeah, just once again, it, it shows you a first-person shooter, a PC first-person shooter from that era around 2002, that just doesn't quite live up to the hype I think it, it's gathered over the years. Um, not to say that it's a terrible game, but I think it was probably. Better at the time as it as it should be, but we've had this conversation. I like to sort how you know we brought up many games around that time period, which are better examples of the first person shooter genre. What I will say is, I I do still believe the multiplayer is probably you know pure and fantastic. But going back to Wolfenstein 3D, which just felt like a real pure. You know, it is what it is, and it got away with. It's still very much now. It plays fantastically, you know, fast and smooth. This doesn't quite live up to that. But uh, I'm I'm excited hmm. now to move on to, you know, Wolfenstein on the Xbox 360. Yeah, was that wasn't it? Yeah,
0: so I've, yeah, and PS3. Yeah, so
2: I've I've got that ready, ready re- locked and ready to go. And see how that that pans out.
0: Excellent. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, before we hear from Carl, just that yes, I think you know, I, I, even though I, I had, did have more frustrations with this than you did, by the sounds of it, Tony. I still had fewer annoyances with this game than with the higher-rated game that came out two years after this, Allied Assault. So we still have to
2: say Half Life was out.
0: <laughs> Half Life had already been out yes. three years. Yeah, yeah, Goldeneye, yeah, etc. Um, Carl,
2: I'm a little bit
1: different. Because we know that. whilst I agree with whilst I agree with you that this game holds up better than Allied Assault, um, partly because it doesn't take itself so seriously, mm. um, I think it is absolutely essential that anyone who wants to see the heritage of truly classic first-person shooters should play this.
0: That's why I put the, you last. You see, <laughs> the
1: the the. the Straight-up shooting mechanics and and movement mechanics of this game are so strong, even now, that it leaves so many of its contemporaries behind. It feels... It's not bogged down by overuse of mechanics, you know. We have Aline, which was pretty much the newest feature added into this game, which gives you an idea of how far we've come Mm. with all the mechanics we've had since that's about as complex as it's ever going to get in this game but there's something so utterly wonderful about just getting a gun and bunny hopping and rocket jumping across a map in a single player playing it as quickly and as aggressively as you as you can that is just lost on games over the last decade and it age has not taken that away from this game Graphically, it doesn't look that great anymore. Sound-wise, we've heard a million times better. Score-wise, was never that spectacular in the first place. But in the actual movement and character control and actually being one with your character, with your avatar in this, is almost... It's not flawless, but it's as near as damn it. It is as close as you're going to get to playing the speed of Quake 3 multiplayer in a single-player game. And that, for me, is why it's so fondly remembered. It's why I buy it for people who have it on their wish list when it's cheap in sales, because Mm. I do believe that people should be playing this. Is it the best Wolfenstein game in the series? No, it's not. It's not as iconic as the first. It's, in my opinion, not as good as the New Order. But it's still pretty darn special. And for the price that it appears in the steam sales, you usually it is less than three pounds. Now I think you get it for less than two quid at times, mm. pick it up and play it. You know, if you have great
2: memories of it, it still plays really not, quite well. Not to knock you off your, your summer, but you, you grow up more so on PC gaming, didn't you? You're very much into, you know, the Twitch shooter PC gaming. I, I feel like, you know, being very much a console gamer for many, many, I'm, many years lately like on, like I, I feel maybe with the controller you need a little bit more a response from, you know, shooting. Um I, I, th- I know what you mean about very very much like the the mouse pointer on the screen is very you know, very much where you aim it, your character can stray very, very fast. And I guess I just wasn't brought up on, on PC gaming in and, and that movement to me feels almost like it, it's it starts to lack something. But
0: um, then I again mean, I played I wasn't brought up Quake on and stuff and PC it makes gaming.
2: Sense.
1: You know, I I was just brought... I I was fortunate enough that I was able to play across all systems. And the early 2000s, we had some brilliant console games. You know, Halo was released. You know, we mentioned that as one of my favourite games of all time. I played that on a console. But the early 2000s will always be remembered for me for the time when I absolutely adored PC gaming. You know, probably from the late... Probably the late 90s with, you know, Half-Life and Quake and Unreal... Quake 3 and Unreal Tournament. And from then through till maybe 2004... 2005 i had a really really strong time playing pc games and this is one of those games that i always recall so fondly and it doesn't matter how long goes past it's been 10 years i could play this in 20 years time and i will still love how that game feels when you are blitzing through it and it's very rare i can ever say that about anything there are very few games in the last five years that i feel that strongly about i had the same reaction to
2: wolfenstein 3d to be fair it it just felt perfect, like you know, game mechanics have come on hugely since then, but just running around that corridor, shooting things, ducking out doors at super fast speed, yeah. just felt like, yeah, it doesn't matter another 10 years on top of this and this will still play just as smooth and as fun as this. So I think I know where you're coming. I just think it being I mean, in a 3D environment starts to lose a little bit of that. But
1: It's just this game is the reason why years later I had to go and buy the New Order day one because... Hmm. Everyone who'd played it earlier to that game's release compared it to, it feels like this. This game revels in its simplicity. And I've said it for a long time since that games have too often got too complex for their own good. And it starts to take away stuff from the player. There, There is a pure connection between the player and how you play this game. And that is why it will hold up even now, for people who want to play it, and Wolfenstein is one of the real classics, you know, you've got Wolfenstein, you've got Doom, and you've got Quake that for me, they're the three and this is one of the elite of those, so try it
0: Fair enough thanks Carl, thanks Tony No worries Um, Yeah, so we'll be back with more Wolfenstein uh, in a couple of months time uh, with that uh, Raven software game from 2009 goodness me doesn't feel like five years ago anyway uh it just remains for me leon cox to thank once again tony and carl and to tell you that next time in issue 162 we recline back into the animus for another regression session in assassin's creed 3